Welcome back to my living room. Yay! <laughs> Which one did you drink out of? Oh, this one. one. Okay. We're drinking uh, coffee martinis. Espresso martinis. Oh, espresso. Yeah. They are my drink of choice. They're actually stronger than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. They're, I think they're, what does this say? Like 14% or something? Jesus. 12%. Still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Deviant and Thriving, where we're both semi deviant and semi thriving. Semi, yeah. I mean, is anybody ever thriving? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> thriving is a state of mind. Yes. So my grandma's ring. Oh, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, she used to play it, uh, or play it. She used to wear it while she was playing cards. Back oh, cute. In, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I want to get the, the ruby taken off of it, and this is what I want to be my engagement ring. Oh, that'd be pretty. Yeah. Uh, I've literally told two ex-fiancés that I want a ruby as my engagement ring. And they didn't. And neither of them listened. <laughs> well, again, bullet dodged. Two bullets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today we're going to be talking about serial killers. I know little to nothing about serial killers, so I had to really do quite a bit of research and I'm not gonna lie while doing the research I was giving myself anxiety I was like (laughs) but at the same time some of the um some of the information was almost like relieving because I thought there was like I thought serial killing was way more common than it actually is it's really not that common yeah and I think I don't know correct me if I'm wrong I would feel like in today's age it's less common Mm -hmm. um just because of the technology that we have and how easily it is to um you know, catch people. Yeah. And then also, I'm hoping that mental health is a lot better than, like, the serial killer I'm going to talk about, which he was born in, like, the 1900s. I was going to say, because from what I could tell, serial killers were, like, at their height somewhere between, like, like 1850 to 1970 or something like that. Would make sense. Um, I, I would say probably the 80s too was pretty high yeah. in California when I was born. There was a lot of serial killers in California. Like, yeah, and now there's once. only like 50 to 100. Yeah, that we know. I mean, think about the ones that are being born now. <laughs> Ew, I don't want to think about that. I don't think about that. Um, but everybody has a sick fascination with them, and you know, like, everybody is in like everybody but me apparently. Yeah, because... there is. I mean, obviously, since there's podcasts about serial yeah. killers, there's there's YouTube videos, there's um, TV yeah. shows, books. Like, everybody has this fascination with it, and I've had a fascination with them for a long time, probably yeah. since I was um, in junior high, I would say. I've watched a couple of shows about serial yeah. killers, and I've watched, like, documentaries about a couple of serial killers, but I'm definitely not one of those people that's, like... Super into it. Super into it. Yeah. I think mostly because it just gives me, the, like, it, it almost, like, disturbs me to my core that, like, people have that in them. Yeah. It's very interesting to me for the psychology part. Right. Um, you know, they always talk about how perhaps the serial killer gene is, is almost like they're missing the empathetic gene. Like, the, yeah. the, empath- the empathy that most people have. Oh, absolutely. They but, have to be missing yeah. it. Like, how can you... I, I literally feel bad if I even, like scratch somebody else i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry if i forget to say i'm sorry or excuse me or something or thank you i feel terrible so i don't i wouldn't i don't know how people can harm someone else or or a living thing any living thing i don't get it yeah like i have a hard enough time squishing bugs without feeling horrible because i'll think about like this bug made it all the way yes has a family or it made it all the way to my house like you know not me i'm like die spider die like (laughs) 
<laughs> I always feel terrible, but you know. Zach literally. Zach is a serial killer. He <laughs> he he killed like five wasps in my backyard in one day within like thirty minutes. Serial wasp serial killer. wasp killer. That's fine. Wasps are assholes. I know they really are. You they know, have no purpose in life. You've seen those memes about like bees? They're like, oh, they you know they, they have give us beautiful yeah. flowers and they pollinate and keep us alive. And then wasps are just around to be assholes. Yeah, they really are. So. Okay. And I've got like two that I know of, maybe three wasps' nest, nests oh, in my God. backyard. Yeah, so Zach has to bzz, bzz, those soon. He's gonna take. I got some wasps, right? He's gonna. So bzz. I mean, if he's a serial killer, that's fine. Just yeah, kill but wasps. he like finds joy out of killing wasps. <laughs> I know, but it, I think it's mostly just because the wasps are assholes, and he's like, yeah. if I don't kill them, they're gonna sting me. So yeah. It's like either kill or be stung. The only thing that I get a joy out of killing, I would say, is ticks because oh, you take yeah. them off and then you burn them and they pop. Yeah. Like then I'm like, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, the, that's the closest I'll get to a serial killer. I hate, and that's pretty sadistic. If yeah, you think about it, it is. <laughs> I hate um, killing things, except I don't really think like bugs. I have that. I really don't have that hard of a time with bugs, but um, I hate like one time my. I had a goldfish when I was a kid, and it kept, like, going and, like, swimming, and then it would, like, go belly up, and then it would, like, kind of keep swimming and then go belly up, and I was just like, oh, it's dead, and so I, like, one of the times it was staying belly up for, like, a couple of minutes, so I went to go flush it down the toilet, and as I flushed it, it turned back around and, like, started swimming, and I'm like, oh my god, I just... Did you lose it at that point? Yeah, I started crying. I was, like, maybe six or seven, but my mom had said, like, oh, well, it's dead. Like, you need to go flush it down the toilet. Um, and she made me, like, scoop it out with my hand so the rocks didn't go into the toilet and yeah. stuff, and I was literally like, bye, and it was literally laying there lifeless in my hand. I put it into the toilet, start flushing, and all of a sudden it starts swimming, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? To be fair... It was dying. It was dying. It was Absolutely. dying. It was yeah. going to be dead anyway. Yeah, and I had owned it for, like, a long time at that point. Yeah. So you're fun. Yeah. <laughs> I still think about it. It probably was going in and out of consciousness, if you think about it, and probably yeah. wasn't really all there. So. Yeah. So just to make your seven-year-old self feel better. Yeah. I was... I st- I'm, I'm probably sitting here with like this traumatized like flashback war flashback on my face like PTSD yeah, of your goldfish of my goldfish but yeah how was your weekend it was good good I spent most of the time with my parents and my kids and nice um what did we do I got my brows done and then microbladed microbladed mm-hmm. and after that. We just hung out. It was really hot yesterday. Yeah, it was really hot yesterday. They said it was supposed to be in like the 60s. It broke 90. Yeah, it was really hot. And we went to the beach just to hang out. Went to the park. So that was fun. How was yours? It was fine. Um, It was pretty good. Last night was fun. I slept in until like nine something on Saturday morning. And then I was like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to be productive. I'm going to do laundry. I'm going to finish. I did clean in here some, but I was like, I'm going to finish cleaning the living room and blah, blah, blah. Um, no, that did not happen. I, every time I got up, I felt like I was going to faint. I don't know why. I was just very lightheaded and very like, sorry, is that mask? No, I like noticed it was there and it scared me for a second. I was like, I was like, okay. I don't have anywhere to hang it. And I actually really hate masks. And that was my aunt's when, before she passed away. Um, well, it's a keepsake. Yeah, you have to and have it. that little string that's hanging down, there's a music box. So when you pull oh. the string, it, like, plays a song. Why wouldn't you hang it up above that? Well, that's where the TV is going to go. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going to put it yet because it does, 
kind of creeped me out still, yeah, even creepy. though even though it was my aunt. a sentimental meaning, but it yeah. is creepy. But I hung it up there because I was trying to get things off of like the ground, the ground, yeah. and the 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 cushions and stuff. But yeah, I ended up not really getting much done yesterday. Um, I'm trying to pack because I'm going to San Diego this next weekend. So I've been trying to pack to like go to that and unpack from coming back from Phoenix. And yeah. Then I'm gonna have to come back from San Diego repack to go camping the end of may and then i've got to unpack from that and then repack to go to portland so my brain is like no you're going to so many places i know but my i t- i'm one of those people that takes like forever to unpack like oh, it, it takes me like a month to unpack sometimes i do too and the thing that helps me is that i make my parents come over oh. and then i'll be like can you help me hang these things well that and body doubling the what body doubling remember how we talked about like if you have somebody come over and be oh around yes bodily, yeah. i was like what yeah body doubling I, my mind it just makes killers, it yeah so. no it just makes it easier for you to clean it does like, when you have another person because around you. it like helps keep you adhd yeah. and add and, yeah. and anxiety all of that it's like if you have somebody to anchor yourself yeah you're like all right i gotta do this yeah stuff. and then it also helps kind of keep you but yeah then zach and i just hung out we just um watched the the wild game and watched um the pacific which is like a documentary on world war to. I think I watched that. It's like a uh, documentary series. Yeah, I think I started watching it. Um, Is it on Netflix? I have no idea. Maybe. Um, he has the DVDs. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, we were watching that, and does he have a hard on for war stuff? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a marine. Of course, yeah. he's gonna love military stuff. But I'm I'm a total like. I'm obsessed with World War II. I don't know what it is. Everybody is. Yeah. I, Everybody in America is obsessed with World War II. But I'm most specifically obsessed with World War II and the Pacific. Yeah, Pacific. Because I just find that side of the war way more interesting because everybody talks about World War II in Europe. In Germany. In Germany. And about... Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm and like... like that yeah, I'm kind of like, meh about that stuff. Like, obviously, sad. But um, I'm, like, way more intrigued. Yeah, what you're with, interested yeah, in. Is yeah. the Pacific. So it's really cool to, like, watch this whole, like, docuseries. My dad was super in it. Like, my boyfriend's really <laughs> in the World War Two. You're like, great, like, now you too. Everybody's <laughs> in the World War Two. I hear about it so much. Yeah. But I get it's very fascinating. I'm more into... Serial like, killers. Well, and re- reading about Civil War. The Civil War is more interesting oh, yeah. to Civil me. Civil War is very interesting. It's very I find, interesting. I'm like, I just find war interesting in general. Yeah, I think it's... For me, it's interesting that we get to a point where we want to kill each other over this. Yeah. I mean, speaking of death and serial killers and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff, I was flying back from when I was in Phoenix, and I was trying to sleep, and then this girl to the left of me kept falling onto me, because she kept falling asleep, and she kept, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, and then she'd, like, wake up, and she'd be like, oh, my God. And then, like, she did it, like, two or three times, and eventually I was just like, okay, like, Fuck. I'm just going to stay awake and I'm going to watch some things. So then yeah. I went on and I watched a movie um, about Hiwa Jima from the Japanese side. Oh, are you talking about the Clint Eastwood movie? Uh, Letters yeah. from Iwo Jima? Yeah, Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah, I've seen that a couple times. It's so good. It's really sad. It's so sad. Oh my God, it's, it's so sad. Good. But it's really it, like, sad. there's parts of it that make you realize where they're like, one of my favorite parts is when um, the... Japanese I think it's an officer or something like that there's a wounded American and they pull him in and he's they're like what should we do should we finish him off should we stab him should we like what should we do um should we torture him you know, all these guys are like what do we do and the officer's like medicate him yeah and they're like we hardly have any morphine left and he's like medicate him and then they were like why the Americans wouldn't do that for us and he's like have you ever met an, uh, an American marine medicate him and so then they ended up medicating him and 
helped him until he died. And then they pulled the letter out of his jacket and they were reading the letter. And it's like, you know, just another day back home in the United States. Um, and all of the soldiers start to realize like, oh my gosh, we're fighting like people who have lives just like ours. Yep. Yep. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's a crazy thing to process. Unlike these people, they have, um, sympathy and empathy unlike serial killers. Who did you look up? Is so, there a certain person? Yeah, so I, well, I did um, Amelia Dyer, um, but I did also just look up, like, the general differences between men and male and female serial killers as well, because while I was looking her up, I was just kind of, like, intrigued, because I was looking up serial killers, and specifically I was kind of looking up female serial killers just because I you don't really hear about them as often yeah and then I realized it's because they're so uncommon oh yeah yeah who did you look up did you look up a specific person well it's his name is Carl Pandram or Charles Pandram he's he's actually from Minnesota so that's a very interesting it was an interesting one it's one that people don't really talk about yeah too often um I mean there's people that are probably into serial killers like know who he is but a lot of times when I talk to people they don't know who he is yeah um and, I mean, he was born, like, late 1800s. Was he born in Minnesota? Yes, he was born in Polk County, Minnesota. Does it say what city? Um, He just says born in rural Polk County, Minnesota. I don't even, uh, I kind of want to look up where that is. Yeah, is so, it Polk, P-O-L-K? Yeah, P-O-L-K County. County. Yeah. And he was... Um, Minnesota. Do, do we want to start with mine? Yeah, first? we'll okay. start with yours. I'm just looking up where Polk County is. Yeah. So he was born in June June twenty eighth, eighteen ninety one. So a long time ago. Oh, okay. So Polk County is basically like great, like it's as far north as Grand, of Grand Forks, oh, North okay. Dakota. So pretty far. So up it's there. really far north, and it's like really far west of Minnesota. Okay, that makes sense. Keep going. Yeah. So he was born. You know, obviously back then people had lots of kids. Yeah. <laughs> so he was one of. Uh, seven well yeah because he had five brothers and a sister okay so that would be seven kids right Mm -hmm. in total whereas like my grandparents had like nine each. yeah like each side i don't remember i was gonna say i think my my dad's side of the family i think there's only three maybe four but i don't really know my dad's side that well my mom's side is um aunt aunt my mom david becky debbie yeah four yeah and how how old was your mom my mom was born in 1960 okay my dad was born in 1962 okay so pretty close in age yeah and my dad is one of the younger ones too yeah my mom's one of the older yeah so um my dad is 80 he just turned 80 that's crazy I forgot that you guys Yeah, there's older. a 20-year age difference. Well, and my parents are 11 years apart. My mom is 70. Okay. Um, but back in the day, that they, was like Yeah, that was thing. super common for Super them. common. Yeah, so lots of kids. Like, he... He seems chose. like he comes from, like... Probably the same... A, a normal family. Yeah, same background is probably our parents or our parents' parents. Because he grew up, you know, um, in Polk County. Mm-hmm. Um, and with lots of brothers mm-hmm. and sister and according to him you know all of them turned out to be dedicated farmers so they were all farmers which i mean most of minnesota was farmers yes. back then yeah so that's 
pretty normal background. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds totally normal so far. Yeah. So he, according to him, like, his whole family, normal, dedicated farmers. Unlike him, though, I mean, he became a delinquent at age seven. So that's, I think about you with your goldfish. You're crying over your goldfish. He is, like, probably. on the other hand, like, at the age of eight, he was... He was arrested. What? The age of eight for being drunk and disorderly. What? At eight years old. And then moved on to commit burglaries. So. Oh my God. Um, and he broke into a neighbor's house, a stealing valuables and a, a revolver. Um, so then when his brothers found out though, they beat him unconscious. Oh my God. So pretty fucked up like upbringing already. Um, I mean, like, from his side, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, get his brothers beating him, the senseless is a yeah, little crazy. But. a little crazy. But think about, like, your whole family are just farmers, normal yeah. farmers, and, like, like everybody's you're, just you're getting chilling. drunk at eight years yeah, old. Yeah, and you're getting drunk. And you're stealing I mean, a, a gun. Not to say bad things, but, like, what else was there really to do? I mean, like, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I, literally, the town that I was in, I think it was, like, somewhere around 2004, 2006, was the number one meth-producing city in Minnesota. Oh, one of mine was, too. Yeah. Elk River. Yeah. Shout out, Elk River. ER. Shout out to Staples. But it's, like, Minnesota is, like, I feel like kids are so, it's easy for them to come delinquent because there's, like, nothing to do. Nothing to do. And maybe this is what happened with him. Yeah. But, like, that wasn't it. I mean, he had a horrible, horrible, um, you know, uh, track record when he was super young. Yeah. At age 11 in 1903... He was arrested for breaking in um, and sent to the Minnesota State Training School, which is a juvenile reform institution. Does it exist still? Uh, that's something you should probably Google. I don't know if it does. So it's called Minnesota State Training School. Minnesota State I wonder if training it is. Probably not, because he was frequently school. beaten and sexually Ooh. abused, according to him. There. Oh. It opens at 345 today. Do you uh, want to go? Yeah. <laughs> it says Minnesota Correctional Facility in Red Wing, Minnesota. How long has it been open for? Because this was in 1903. So This was... building looks old as fuck. Okay. And it's creepy looking. Hold on. Let me look this up. This might be... This is super interesting. Um, the Minnesota Correctional Facility is a state juvenile correctional facility located in Red Wing. As of July 2010, it housed 111 juvenile males. Um, operating at about half of its licensed capacity. The prison also houses over 40 adult prisoners in minimum security. Um, it says it's currently operational, opened in 1889. Okay, this has to be the same place. It has to be. Because in 1903, this is where he was sent. And um, he also claims that he murdered someone here. Oh. Um, but... Oh my uh, god, it literally says, American serial killer, rapist, arsonist, robber, and burglar, Carl Panzeram. Uh, alleges that he was repeatedly beaten, tortured, raped by Red Wing staff members while he was yes. incarcerated there between 11 and 13. They, nobody has verified this, but he says that he murdered a 12-year-old boy. Okay. But it's not verified. So who knows if it's true or not. Wow. Um, I can't believe it's still open. Yeah. And, I mean, what's crazy is, um, so on the night of July 7th, 1905, he built a crude firebomb and used it to burn the school workshop to the ground in an act of revenge for the way he had been treated. Keep going, just shut the store. Yeah, so he, I mean, so he's, the the other thing about Carl Panzram too, you know, that I've read a lot, is that he was, he's also 
the like a chronic liar too. Yeah. So he um, he did kill people. He did rape people. He did arsony. He did all that. But sometimes it's hard to like with him killing. He says he killed a twelve year old boy at this place. Yeah. But it wasn't verified. So it could be a lie. It could not be. Who knows? Um. So he convinced the staff there though that he had been reformed and was le- released back into his mother's care. So he convinced them. That he was, like, healthy and whatever? Yeah, and that he was fine and convinced them to go back to his mom. Um, and then he was unwilling to do hard physical labor. He convinced his mom that he wanted to become a priest and got her to send him to a nearby Emmanuel Lutheran church. Wow. Yes. So, and at one point there, he threatened a teacher with a handgun, but lost it in a struggle and was consequentially expelled. Um, no, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, so the, I mean, he, from the very beginning, really, like he's been—he was he's in just trouble. A troublemaker. And then two weeks later, from that, he got on a freight train going out of Minnesota and became a drifter. So this is where uh, a lot of other things started happening. Um, by his own account, he says that he was gang raped by four hobos on that train, um, leaving him traumatized. Um, and this is where he says where all his rage came from. So. Interesting. I mean, I think he had rage beforehand. Before <laughs> I mean, when he was that's just my opinion. But um, you know, the subsequent years after that, um, you know, he did a lot of drifting. Yeah. And where did lived, he end up? Well, after this, he was sent to reform school in Montana for burglary. Okay. Reform school in Montana. In after Montana. That? So he went. He ended up going back home. He was sent, it just says that he was sent to reform school in Montana for, he, because he escaped with, um, I believe he was arrested at some point, um, when he was drifting and he, because he was, um. Still underage. He train hopped, sure. you know how people do yeah. that? So he was doing that and. But he was a minor, right? Still a minor. Okay. So at this point, you know, he, you know, get arrested and then he was sent to reform school in Montana at some point. Right. Then escaped with a fellow inmate named Jimmy. And then those two together started doing crime sprees of burglaries, robberies, arsons. Yeah. Throughout the entire Midwest. Um, sometimes they would steal from churches and then burn them down. Oh my gosh. Um, that lasted until they split up and um, for some reason, this is actually common, um, that he joined the U.S. Army. So, there's, it's pretty common. Well, I've heard I've heard that they do that because they're people who crave authority. Yeah, I mean, and then also like, it's an outlet for their yeah, violence. for their violence, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I've heard that too. Like, people, like, a lot of people... Yeah, I, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, and he wasn't a model soldier whatsoever. Um, he was jailed... Lots of times for minor offenses and insubordination. So, surprise, surprise, he didn't do well with authority. Yeah. Um, and he um, was found guilty of three charges of a larceny. So, and then well, they disarmed in the military. Yeah, in the military. Discharge. Dishonorably yeah. discharged in 1908. Okay. And he was what sent branch? to. Um, this is the army. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was dishonorably discharged April 20th. Okay. 1908, sentenced to three years of hard labor in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, at the age 16. What? He's only 16 at this point. All so of this, and all of this is until he's 16. So Jesus. think about how bad that is. That's insane. Um, and after finally finishing a sentence of three years, yeah. he did a <laughs> more acts of burglary, arson, and rape, and always targeted men. 
Um, from okay, Kansas, so he Texas. Was, like, yes. clearly gay. There's a lot of things. I mean, he's just. He's obviously had something in his head, just didn't. I don't know what was going on. But yeah, he targeted men um, throughout Kansas, Texas, Oregon, um, California, Washington, Idaho. I, Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. And Utah. Okay. Um, found guilty of various crimes. Served time in prison under assumed names. He had lots of different names. Uh, he assumed me... times in prison with different names. Yep. So here's all his names. There's a list of them. These are his aliases. There's Carl, and then there's Carl Baldwin, Jefferson Davis, <laughs> uh, Jeff Davis, Jefferson Rhodes, Jeff Rhodes. Wait, R H O D E S. Yes, that's my mom's last name. Yeah, Jeff Rhodes, Jack Allen, Jefferson Baldwin, John King, Captain John K. O'Leary. Oh, my God. Copper John and the River Pirate. The River Pirate. The River Pilot. Pilot um, or Pirate? Yes. No, which? What? <laughs> Just called the River Pilot. No. Any I, river. You said, I think you said Pirate. At yeah, first. I did. Oh. It so is he Pirate. Went, he went by Pirate or Pilot? Pirate. You said Pilot after oh, that. I said Pirate. I, we're going to play this back. <laughs> You're going to hear I'm Asian and L's and R's sound very different. <laughs> You're going to hear both Pirate and Pilot. <laughs> That's well, I, I made like, up another wait, alias for him. Yeah. He is he is the river pilot and the river pirate. Um, but yes, he was incarcerated again, escaped from prison again. I don't know why how any of these prisons can't. I was hold gonna him. say, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it was in Oregon. Um, he went to the East Coast though after this, oh. and uh, yeah, <laughs> Just where you've lived before. In New York, he joined numerous uh, number of uh, unions okay. and got a seaman's identification card. Probably so he could rape more seamen, um, allowing him to join a ship, the James S. Whitney, and he traveled to Panama, where he plotted to steal a small boat of his own oh, boat. Wow, that was very. I was super, thick. But right when I said it, I was like, Whoa. "That was a very thick Minnesotan accent." And you know what's funny? Okay, pause really quick. Yeah. You know what's so funny about Minnesotan accents is we know that they like we hear them and we know. Oh yeah. But it's like other people hear it just in like our casual conversations. But when we say a word and like our O comes out really long or our A comes out really sharp, yes. we like we pause and we're like. Oh, that was bad. Yes. That was bad. It's self-realization of like, oh god. Yeah, it's one Ooh. of. The, I feel like we're one of the only accents where we do that. We're, yeah, we like, actually oh, stop. Because like, if you're in Boston, they're not gonna like stop themselves in the middle and be like, "Wow, this is a very thick Boston accent." Yes. But like we do when we're like Minnesotan, we stop and we're like, "Wow, that A was really sharp, or that O was really." I feel long. like it's, we're too we're like insufferable when it comes to politeness, and it's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm so sorry for that." Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry that my O took too long to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. So, and which is funny because he's from Minnesota. So yeah. I guess it's it. I guess it's uh, what he he's what putting he, his Minnesotan into you. Yes, he is. Um. Oh, that sounded terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Okay, pause one more time. Have you seen the the meme of like um when Minnesotans have sex and it's like oh yeah Ew, gross. oh yeah <laughs> oh gross. Could you imagine if they actually, or if we actually sounded like that? That'd be terrible. Ugh, gross. Uh, <laughs> so, what were, where were we? Uh, so, he joined the ship J.M.S. Whitney and traveled to Panama, where he plotted to steal a small boat of his own with help from a sailor who got drunk and wound up killing everyone on the boat and getting arrested. So, Panzram then went to Peru. He's not very good at not getting arrested. No, and briefly held down a job in a copper mine. 
So when the workers went on strike, he moved on to Chile. Okay. During the following months, Panram traveled to Port Arthur, uh, Texas, London, England, Glasgow, Scotland, Paris, France, and Hamburg, uh, Germany. In the summer of 1920, back in the States, he broke into the home of then-Secretary of War and later U.S. President William H. <coughs> Taft in New Haven. So interesting. So Panzram, like, a lot of people don't know about him, but, like, think about so far in his life. How old is he at this point? Do we know? Um, Does it say? So if, if this happened in the summer of 1920 and he was born in 1890, 1891, he would be um, 29. Okay. Right, so, yeah, 1891 something. to 1920. So, think about that. He is uh, 28, 29 years old. He's done all of this shit up until now, and he is breaking into the home of later U.S. President William H. Taft wow. in Connecticut. And he stole great number of valuables. Yeah. Plus a forty-five, a handgun, which he later used to, in several murders. So think about like he's using this handgun, killing all these people that of was a president of a yeah that was owned by a, a future president yeah um using money obtained by fencing the stolen goods in Manhattan he bought a yacht this guy is like super like he's just like I'm a scrapper this is what he does he just instead of doing anything like honest yeah. it's all stealing it's arson yeah every single thing that he gets in his life is from. Doing something. Doing something wrong. Yes. Yeah. So he's a hustler. Um, and Not the good kind of hustler. Not the good kind of hustler. <laughs> you can be a bad hustler. Uh, but he bought a yacht, and he called it the Aquista, and began cruising. What's Aquista? What is that? No, You should look it up. I'm going to look it up. What, how do you He bought a it? yacht, the Aquista, A-K-I-S-T-A, and began cruising along the East River, burglarizing other yachts he encountered, and raping and killing seri- uh, sailors he hired as crew. Oh, gross. And he would just dispose of their body in the ocean. Of course. I mean, that's yes. like the easiest thing to do. Yep. And then in August, he lost that boat in a storm. And then just resumed traveling by land. So when you look up Akista, the first thing that comes up is his boat. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I'll show you a picture of it really quick. It's like, it's pretty nice. Um, so Akista is actually like Jewish. Little, oh, it looks like a little sailboat. It, it looks like a, not a little sailboat, a pretty decent, sailboat. yeah, pretty decent sized sailboat. Um, but like, it's really creepy. Like the other pictures that come up with it, like oh, very creepy. demonic looking kind of pictures, but it doesn't, Akista meaning, let me look it up really quick. Akista. Okay. So Akista means, um, secure, guarded permanent cannot be broken easily Ugh, that's creepy it's yeah. creepy coming from him like okay keep going yeah he's, he's not a good guy yeah. i mean after so then he served another six months in prison okay. for burglary and possessing a loaded gun right uh he stowed away on a ship headed to angola uh, which is a portuguese colony on the west african coast where he got a job as a foreman on an oil drilling rig for the sinclair oil company and then during while he was How there... How did he even get jobs? I, I mean, know. I guess... Well, no. It's back in the day. I was going to say, it's back in the day. Like, they clearly don't have, like, no. job, like, background searches and no. stuff like that. That was a stupid Nowadays, question. it's like, yeah. give us your... The blood of your firstborn child. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, take a drug test, yep. take this questionnaire, send no, us a resume. Remember when you were when you were applying for the job you have now? Yeah. All the tests that you yeah, had to take. A ton of tests. It was like he wouldn't pass any of those. It was now. Like, I know it was he like can't school. Read. It was like school tests. Yeah. So it's back I mean, then. It was just like, hey, you want a job? Yeah. You're sometimes hired. I wish it was back then where I could be like, hey, I want to make a lot of money and just go up to a company and be like, give me the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel like it was that easy. Yeah. You know, but. Or you could just fucking lie. Like, yeah. they can look you up. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, yeah, I was CEO of this company and shit. Like, just hire me. Yeah. You trust know? me. Trust me. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I trust worthy. So it seems like this is, well, this guy is a chronic liar. Yeah. So. And he's I'm, probably really good at. And he was probably really persuasive. Really he was very persuasive. Yeah. He got, like, a fucking, like, a detention facility to just let him go and be like, all right, you're reformed. It's fine. Um, so where he got the, when he was on this job at the oil rig, mm-hmm. um, during this time he raped about 11 or 12 year old boy and then killed him by bashing him to death with a rock. Oh my God. See, like, that's just disgusting yeah. to me. Yeah. So, um, after this, oh, there's he more to Libido Bay and Panzram hired six locals to aid him in crocodile hunting, um, down the river. Um, when the crocodiles appeared, he shot all six crew members dead and then threw their bodies to the uh, crocodiles. To the crocodiles. What the fuck? Yes. So but you know what's what you know what I don't like yeah. about this guy is that he's not like a serial killer where he does the same thing every time. No. He always changes how he's killing these people. Like he yes. it's not like he finds like certain people that like have certain traits or like whatever. Like, he literally is no, killing, like... He's an opportunist. Yeah, he's so. very opportunist. Like, whatever he can find, he'll take. And whoever, like... It's because it's, it's super dangerous. Because not only does he do it because he has this kind of sick... Obviously, he raped a boy. Yeah. And bashed him over the head. Um, so he's raping people for pleasure, but then also killing people for opportunities of more money yeah. or, or whatever. Or, but this time, that's literally just for fun. He, well... He, was taking them to go hunting for crocodiles, then kills them and feeds yes. them to the crocodiles. And then he, so what happened is he realized that people had seen him leave with the men, so he fled to Gold Coast and began robbing farmers. So then they began robbing farmers, and then he saved up all this money to go to the Canary Islands. Uh, so he went there, but he found that there was nothing to steal in the area. Okay. So then he got stowed away on a ship headed for Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, but was forced to flee again when he found that the local police knew about his crimes in Africa. <laughs> oh, so people are catching on to Yes. Crimes. Eventually they're catching on, uh, you know, all these crimes that he's doing. Um, and by the summer of 1922, he was back in America. Think about, like, already, all the things that we've gone through. Right. So, um, he's about 30 years old. Think about that. I'm 36, so I'm just going to be 37. And, and I'm 26. Think about all this yeah. shit. That he's already done at this crazy. point. Um, so when he was back in America, um, in, in addition to his usual crimes, you know, of robbery and rape yeah. and arson, um, he killed two young boys. And he was caught in 1923 in New York when he tried to rob a train, uh, a train depot, and was sentenced to five years in prison. Most of it, which was served at the Clinton Correctional Facility, which has a reputation for bringing... Uh, being one of the most brutal prisons in America. So maybe you should look up Clinton Correctional Facility. In what state again? Uh, New York, I think. Yeah. 
Okay. Because that's where he was caught in Largemont. Oh, it closes soon. We better hurry. Oh, we better hurry up and get there. <laughs> closes at four. So it has the <clears throat> reputation of being one of the most brutal prisons in America. Yeah, so it says it's a maximum state prison for men. Um, the prison is sometimes referred to as Danamore or Danamora, having once served as a massive insane asylum. Um its name is derived from Clinton County, the southern perimeter wall of the prison boundary, boundaries or borders. Uh, a church built by inmates, interesting, yeah. is located within the walls. Um, it's also known as New York's Little Siberia due Dang. to the cold winters and the isolation in the upstate area. So it's the largest maximum security prison and the third oldest prison in New York. So it's the third oldest and the largest the staff includes about a thousand people. That's great. It doesn't even okay. This one doesn't look as creepy. This one, I think they must have modernized because it just looks pretty normal. Is that just the? <clears throat> although is that the wall? That's the wall, but I mean, it looks pretty like normal. It's probably really old on the inside. I mean, it's baiting bait. Uh, bait. It was opened in eighteen forty-five. Um, there isn't really yeah. any pictures. Oh, and he went. In this, these are all the pictures. They it looks very modernized at this point. They yeah. they clearly have done some stuff. Um, but the old, that last building that you had talked about, that one looked creepy. Like that yeah. school. Did I ever show you what the school looked like? Uh, I don't think you did. Um, look at this school, the Minnesota Correctional Facility. Like, it looks like that motherfucker's haunted. Ooh, I want to go there so bad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, that is creepy. And it's in we're Minnesota. Like, right? double check. Yes, we're still recording. Okay. Sorry, we're just checking because last time it stopped recording and we didn't notice for like an hour. <laughs> Not talking. Not like, really. blah, 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 um, and then shortly afterward, he tried to escape by jumping over uh, a prison wall. And maybe it was one of the walls that you saw. Uh, it's pretty tall, though. Those were, like, really tall. Really tall. But he fell down on a concrete step. So Did he die? His legs, no. Oh, his legs damn. and ankles were broken and his spine badly injured. Good. So he received absolutely no medical treatment for 14 months. <laughs> Good. After he was finally operated on in the prison infirmary, he raped a fellow inmate. So while he's... What? She's so while he's getting operated on, so he was going to get operated on, and he raped a fellow inmate and was placed in a solitary confinement. This like, they dude, were trying to fucking help him, yes. and he's just like, oh, hold on, hold on, gotta take care of something real quick. Yeah, so if you didn't think it was already, while his rage was bad, like, he's in constant pain now, and his rage and hatred of humanity is intensifying. How are you raping somebody with no legs? He envisioned several grand schemes. Of mass murder, he he wanted to he wanted to kill people. I get uh, that, but how are you raping somebody with no legs? No, I mean he found a way. Obviously, <laughs> um, it's crazy. The man is full of rage and hate. So much rage and hate that he literally like healed his bones on his own to yeah. walk over think and a, rape. Somebody. Think about like how there's like mom strength when people are like when things fall on kids and like suddenly there's mom strength. Yeah. He has this rage strength of just like I hate everybody, and suddenly he has all this strength. And you know what's crazy is there's no way you could ever even try, you know, like mm-hmm. when they, this is a terrible, terrible joke, but you know when people joke about like how you need to like befriend like the school shooter so that you don't get shot? Yeah. 
There's no way to even befriend no, him. No, Because he'll kill you or rape yeah. you or both. He doesn't give a shit. He, he hates everybody. Everybody. Literally yeah. hates everybody. I know when introverts like to joke about, like, I hate everybody. No, this dude actually Actually hates Actually, is he, uh, on one occasion, he was thinking, trying to figure out how to wipe out as many people as possible. He wanted to wipe out the population of an entire city by poisoning the water. Supplying what? Arsenic. So he was thinking of that. Um, and then how did, wait, did, how did they know that he was, did he write that down or did he confess to that? Like, I know that Panzerum has, um, written, written things down because, um, I wonder if it was published. We'll have to look at this yeah. after I'm still talking, but like, I know that he wrote a lot in prison and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so that might be reason why and he yeah. probably wrote this all down. Um, and then there was another one where, let's see, a particular ambitious plan he had involved scuttling a British warship docked in the New York City Harbor in order to start a war between the two nations. So, um, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to start wars. He wanted people to die. He wanted to kill people. Um, when he was finally released, his injuries and consequential limp didn't affect his criminal career. He committed dozens of burglaries and fatally strangled a man during a robbery in, uh, robbery in Philadelphia. Interesting. And then he was arrested again. I don't know why... That he just keeps getting out. How do they keep letting him letting out? Letting him out, and he every time he's let out, more stuff happens. Like, you should know. Like, did you see the, um, there was an article that recently came out. It was like, I think it was like a 90-year-old, 92-year-old man um, who committed murder was released because they felt like he was too old to be a harm anymore. Yeah. And then he immediately killed somebody, like, within hours of yeah. being let out. Yeah. What? Like, clearly, like. It doesn't even matter. Like, why did you... Like, he deserved to be in there. Right. And if you have, like, the mental power, the mental capacity to murder somebody once, you have the mental capacity to murder somebody again. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And they, they probably, the whole time they're in there, it's probably, like, a... Like, somebody who... I don't know. Probably somebody who's sober... And it's, like, if you were to let them have a drink again or something like that, and they would just go crazy. Because, yeah. like, you know, it's it's that rush of everything coming back. It's, like, as soon as they have, like, the capacity to, like, have the time and the energy to kill somebody again, they're going to kill somebody again. Yep. Oh, my God. Okay. It's ridiculous. And then, so, you know, he fatally uh, strangled this guy right yeah. in Philadelphia. And then he was arrested in Washington, D.C. Um, and to the jail guards there, he was talking to them about killing children. Um, and then, thankfully, the guards contacted authorities uh, of areas where Panzram had murdered children, and yeah. they connected the dots, and Panzram was identified as a serial killer. Then. Okay. Uh, uh, and when did they create the term serial killer? Can you remind me? Mm, I, I, remember, I remember hearing that there was there was a, a point in time. A serial murderer. Uh, I would be a while I don't know if it was Jack the Ripper time. Hold on. Let me look. Created... Or... When was the term serial killer first used? 1981 was the first time where they actually... So when was he considered a serial killer? 1920-something. Mid-1920s. So they knew of serial killers in the 1920s, but the term serial killer didn't really exist until the 80s. 1980, yeah. Yeah, 1981 was the first time. And it was discussed when um, talking about Wayne Williams. Wayne Williams? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He was um, implicated on 31 children in Atlanta. Im- implicated in the murders of 31 children in Atlanta. Yeah. This, so this is why, like, having kids, this makes me really paranoid and I watch them constantly. Yeah. My mom was actually just telling me about that because we used to drive from Staples, Minnesota to, like, Dayton, Ohio 
every summer and winter and my mom's a single mom driving that drive by herself she would obviously have to stop at some point for like a rest and this was in you know early thousands late 90s early thousands and um we'd have to stop at rest stops and rest stops creep me out even when yeah. I'm stopping at a rest stop in the middle of the day and Zach's with me I'm still scared uh-huh. me too like I'm like <laughs> Like, please keep an eye on me the whole time that I'm walking in and out of that rest stop. Mm-hmm. Or please come in with me or whatever. And when you leave, please wait for me. You know, like, I, they creep me out. And so as a child, like, you know, going, especially in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, where, like, oh, just creepy. Uh, my mom was always so scared. She'd have to stop to close her eyes for a little bit, you know, because she's doing this whole drive by herself. And she would be like, all right, girls, like, if you need to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. And then she would try to close her eyes and she'd be like, I couldn't because like, what if I close my eyes and anything happened to you while you were in there? So then she's like, then I had to go in with you. And then I was scared the whole time, like, that if I close my eyes in the car, what if somebody opens the car door and tries to take you? Like, oh, I know. And that's going through her head. Like, oh, gosh, just creepy, creepy, creepy. That is crazy. Um... So, he was identified as a serial killer then, and yeah. a young guard, Henry Lesser. I don't even know how we got on the topic of... Oh, uh, because we're talking about just being scared of, like, because he murdered children. And, oh, like, children. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. It's just like... And being a mom. Yeah. Scary. And being a mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, the, you know, I, I don't know yet, because I don't know, but yeah. So, uh, Henry Lesser, who was a young guard there, pitied him uh, for Whoa. how he had suffered what? for some reason. What? Even though he knew that Panzram was a child killer. Um, when he sent him a dollar to buy cigarettes and extra food with Panzeram was visibly moved and the two became friends. Oh, he, he made a friend. Did he kill him? So what happened? No. What happened is Panzeram soon promised to tell him his whole story if he gave him a paper and writing tool. So this is where Panzeram is writing everything. Yeah. So he got his supplies. Panzeram began writing his autobiography where he gave detailed accounts of his crimes, shared his nihilistic worldview and also voiced voiced his criticism of the american justice system huh, i would yeah because i mean how many times did you get away pans right yeah okay uh scribing, describing in graphic detail the methods of torture used by prison op, uh, officials the text was very articulate especially considering that panzerm had very little formal education after a trial during which panzerm acted as on his own defense he was found guilty and sentenced to 25 years in prison to be served at fort leavenworth I always think it's so funny when like murderers and stuff try to be their own attorney in court. It's just so funny to me. Yeah, I know. They never. It never turns out well. Like, <laughs> like go go ahead. <laughs> like you decline even the free attorney that they give you. Yeah. Like yeah. you really think you got this that good? Yeah. I believe Ted Bundy did that for a while too. But Ted Bundy was um he was a very smart guy. Yeah. Um, no, he was he was, he was one of the people who like actually really understood yeah like well he i believe he went to law school i can't remember uh there's so many serial killers that i've read about it's hard to keep them all straight keep them all straight um but he was sent to fort leavenworth um and when he arrived he was uh read the the rules of the facility by the warden in his office yeah and he told him ominously i'll kill the first man that bothers me (laughs) Uh, because he was believed to be too psychotic to be with the general prison population, he was assigned a job in the prison laundry, which allowed him to work alone. Um, 
Yeah, because if he, like, worked in the kitchen or something like that, he'd kill the first person who made yeah. the gravy too thick. And thinking, and speaking of killing more people, on oh, June here 20th, we go. 1929, something, 1929, he was born in 1891, so he is, um, 38? Yeah, still, I mean, he's still lived, okay, I'm not gonna lie, this guy's lived a long life. Yeah. Like, for a killer. Yeah. And started killing at such a young age. Think like, about all the dangerous, violent things that he's like, done. Yeah. And he has made it this long, this yeah. far. Um, so, on June 20th, 1929, he took a heavy iron bar and savagely bludgeoned his supervisor, Robert Warnke. Warnke? <clears throat> Warnke? To death in front of the other inmates. And then started attacking them, too. And then he went to trial again on April 14th of 1930 and once again acted in his own defense. Of course. (laughs) After a large group of witnesses gave their testimonies, Panzeram was found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. Oh, finally. I was like, when does this guy get sentenced to death? Like... So, he was apparently overjoyed to have received the sentence and even left the courtroom laughing hysterically. During the months leading up to the execution, a number of groups of advocating the abolition of the death penalty tried to get Panzerim's sentence reduced. Fuck that. No. Kill like, him. I'm as liberal as they come, and I'm just like, this dude literally raped and murdered an 11-year-old boy and bludgeoned him to death with yeah. a rock. Okay? Kill like, him. He deserves to die. Yeah. Um, See, like, that's one of the things. It makes me laugh so hard because, oh my gosh, the other day Zach and I were in some sort of argument mm. and he said something about like me being super liberal li- liberal Lib- me being liberal super, <laughs> me being super liberal mm. and i was just like you should meet amy yeah <laughs> if I, you think i am liberal like i'm liberal but when it comes to the death penalty, oh i believe in the death penalty. i believe in the death penalty there but again like that's a gen like that is an uh huge overview of it right obviously it has to be dna evidence there has to be all these things because there are have been in history of people that are innocent put to death yeah i don't ever want that to happen yeah so as long as we have undeniable proof that someone is a serial killer and has tortured and murdered people i don't want to Or like this guy who has like 12 people that have seen him do it yes yeah like Yes, he murdered people. He deserves to Bye-bye. So there were people that were, you know, advocating because they didn't want the death penalty. Um, but Panzram, like, he refused to let that happen and responded to them with death threats. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny to me. This motherfucker. So on the morning of September 5th of 1930, he was brought to the prison gallows. When the execu- executioner asked whether he had any last words, he Pans said, Ram. peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs> peace. Deuces. <laughs> now, that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. That. But what he said is, yes, hurry it up, you Hoosier? Is it Hoosier? Let me see. It's Hoosier. H-O-O-S-I-E-R. Hoosier? Hosier? I, th- I think it's Hoosier. Ho- ho- hosier. No, it's Hoosier. Hold on. Her. Wait, no, wait, hold on. Wait, okay, hold that thought. Okay, finish what you're going to say. I'll say it after you find out. No, because I need your phone to play it. Go to oh, Google, okay. look up the word, and press the speech. Google. So, like, open another tab, go to Google. Yes, I'm not that old. Do you know how to open another tab? 
Do you know? Do you leave twenty six <laughs> apps open on your phone at yes, a time? Yes, I do too. <laughs> so yes, I'm that old. Um, I literally grab my mom's phone and close her apps. I for can't. Her. It is Hoosier. 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 Why doesn't it let you play it? Pronunciation. Pronunciation. What the? Not tires. We're going to have to edit all that part. No, we're not. We're not. We're leaving this in. What? It's not even... Where's your volume? Hoosier. Yeah, yeah. Hoosier. Hoosier. Okay, okay right. Okay. okay. Isn't there, like, an artist with that name? I thought he said his name was Hosier. He probably did it on purpose to say it wrong. Um, all right. So here we go. He quite infamously told him, yes, hurry it up, you Hoosier bastard. I could kill 10 men while you're fooling around. Oh my god, those were his last words. Yes. And Fucking at savage. At 18 a.m., he was pronounced dead at the age of 39. 39, 39 years, old. years old. I'm going to be 37, okay? Think about that. Um, I was starting to get worried that, like, he was just going to be, like, a 90-year-old serial killer. Like, when do they, when do they kill him? What? Like, I was starting to get worried oh. when you're telling oh. me this. He's going to be, like, a 90-year-old serial killer. I'm like, yeah. when? Like, when did they put him to he death? He did so much damage by the time he was 39. Seriously. It's ridiculous. And the fact that how many times he was arrested and got out and just lied yeah. and got his way out of there or escaped. He had to something. be, like, a class one manipulator. Manip- yeah. Manip- manip- Th- that would be manipulator. a manipulator. Why is, he is that so much He insane? is the epitome of toxic person. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. Yes. If you think of a toxic person, it's Carl Pranzram. <laughs> I want to look up, like, the, you know how they they do graphs of, like, when words were popular? Yeah. I guarantee you there's two times where toxic has, like, peaked, and it was Chernobyl, and now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why? It's such a And now we use it way different. Yeah. Toxic is, like, <coughs> what a toxic relationship. Oh, what a toxic person. Oh, my gosh. I just couldn't handle that person's toxicness. <laughs> Oh, and maybe when Britney Spears' song Toxic came out. Oh, yeah. Those would be like the top three What's weird? Don't think about that one because that song was super popular. That, I don't remember that, that word being popular at the time, you know, but that song was super popular. Um, so apparently, um, the guard that did take pity on him, (coughs) um, Panzeram was laid final to rest in the prison cemetery and Henry Lesser, who kept the manuscript that Panzeram was writing. He spent the next four decades. So Henry Lesser, who was that guard that you know pitied yeah, him, that pitied him, that got that got that manuscript. Um, he was trying to get it published for four decades. Uh, trying I to bet find you a, they were lovers. Ew. <coughs> he was trying to find a publisher willing to print it uh, because the story was thought to be too horrific. It wasn't until 1970 that it was finally published under the title "Killer: A Journal of a Murder." I mean, pretty simply put, yeah. Yeah, the book was hailed as a great insight into the mind of a serial killer. I haven't read it. I'm going to. I was going to say, I bet that's, like, next on your read list. Yep. Uh, and then Panzram's first documentary film was released in 2012, titled Carl Panzram, The Spirit of Hatred and Vengeance, which is a great title for him because I think that, like, he that's he was, like, rage incarnate. Yeah. Like, he was a terrible person. Um, that's the story of Panzram. Um, he is... Um, terrible guy yeah and like i said rage incarnate you know what's crazy is like i am not even gonna have that much to say about my person and i researched the hell out of them but there's just not much information on her well and 
Carl himself did a lot of shit. Yeah, he did. Think about that. In the short 39 years that he was alive, and that's why I picked him. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of people that know about him. There's not, like, modern-day documentaries written And he's from Minnesota. Yeah, and he's from Minnesota. Represent. Represent. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great way to represent Minnesota. Great way to represent Minnesota. We've got the Timberwolves, the most losingest team in, like, sports history. Yeah. And Pans Ram. Yeah, and Pans Ram. And Prince. Yep, and Prince. Prince and Pants right now. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, so let's um, switch gears. Let's talk about my serial killer that Which I Which I know nothing about her, by the way, so this is going to be very interesting. Yeah, and I knew nothing about her before I did this research, so. Burberry's just passed out on the couch while we talk about murders. Little does she know. Look at her tiny little snout. I know. I'm obsessed with her little lips. I think this part, like this part Whoa. right here, isn't that the cutest well, part? Really cool. Yeah, she's so you cute. T- you talk to her like that. Yeah, I, I do. My cat's like that. Zach is always like, the fuck do you want? What do you want? It's what Nick says to my cats. But like, so, but I will catch him baby talking them. Like he'll go take a shit or whatever. Yeah. And Banjo wants to go and he'll be like, hi, little buddy. Boo-boo-boo. But yeah. then like if Oliver jumps up, he'll be like, what the fuck do you want, fat ass? Yeah. That's <laughs> basically what Zach does. But like the only time he's ever nice to Burberry is when my mom's around. Oh, really? Yeah. It's so funny. Like, like my mom will be there and like I told you so Burberry is so funny because when she gets really excited she piddles and uh-huh. she's done it since she was a puppy but like I've learned how to control it for the most part yeah like when you walk in the house you just have to ignore her and so we were upstairs and Zach, Zach babied her and was like oh hey baby blah, 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 blah. and you know she pees on his sock <laughs> and like in my mind I know that rage is just like about him he's just like so pissed off at Burby and then my mom is sitting right there and he's just like oh she's just a little puppy she didn't know and he like <laughs> takes his shit. he like sensitively takes his sock off and like I'm like oh I'll wash your sock baby don't worry about it and then literally we come downstairs and he's like you're lucky your grandma was there you're lucky your grandma was there <laughs> like <laughs> pee on my sock again see what the fuck happens like, <laughs> you're like poser see i knew it <laughs> i always know it's always so funny to me like what he does when she's around. she's just so cute she's so sweet and so cute i can't help it i'm i'm obsessed with her i love her so much okay so we are going to switch gears now we're going to talk about my serial killer that i researched her name's Amelia Dyer, and first of all let me just show you her face because that's going to speak more than words will look at this bitch oh she's scary she's but it's also an old photo so old but look at her face like that's her unedited face unaltered <laughs> well <laughs> she looks like a fucking car- serial killer oh that's a wax figure of her yeah that one is so she's a creepy ass bitch um she's born in england what year is oh it? this is Panzer? this is a picture of oh absolutely this is a picture that was painted of her that's fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. So she's a creepy ass bitch. Um, so let's look her up. Uh, it says she was actually only ever convicted of one murder, but her name is attached to the murder of hundreds of in- infants and children. Aww. Yeah. Um, so let's look up a little bit about her. Because I, I did do some research on her, but I don't have like all of the the background deets like you had so let me see here so she was born in 1836 in bristol Mm. um she committed her crimes between 1880 to 1896 and had 200 to 400 plus 
attributed murders. She was older when she committed her crime. So she lived a good chunk of her life. Yeah, so she she, she didn't start killing until a bit later in her life. That I do. Like in know. her 60s, like late 50s, um, 60s. Maybe I don't know what it'll say if it'll say what year she actually started committing her murders. Um so she was born, like I said, 1836, um, or, yeah, okay. She was an English serial killer. She murdered infants in her, um, basically in her care. So they weren't, like, other people's infants. They were, like, infants she was taking care of. Like fostering? Uh, yeah, basically, or adopting. So she was trained as a nurse. So one thing I will say that I found really interesting while talking, <clears throat> excuse me, while researching, um, women serial killers they're all fucking nurses not all of them but like a large chunk of them are caretakers or nurses or people who are supposed to be like in that so she's widowed in 1869 she turned to quote-unquote baby farming which is the practice of adopting unwanted infants for the exchange of money Mm, to support herself um she initially cared for her children legitimately uh, in addition to having two of her own, but whether intentionally or not, a number of them ended up dying. Mm. So they talk about how, like, in the beginning, it may not have been intentional that they were dying, and then she started realizing, like, she could make a lot more money and not have to take care and of not them. have to take care of them if she just killed them. Um, so they ended up dying most of the time from neglect. So starvation, not getting attention, all that type of stuff. Um, it says she began directly murdering the children that she quote unquote adopted by strangling them. Oh. So one thing led to another and it kind of started getting more serious. Um, she would dispose of their bodies to avoid attention. She was mentally unstable. Um, she committed several um, periods of time in mental asylums throughout her life. Despite dis- suspicions of, what the fuck is this word? Feigning? <clears throat> what is that word? Creating falsehood is basically oh. lying. They could have just said lying. <laughs> <laughs> Survived at least one serious suicide attempt. So she tried to kill herself once. Um, so, yeah, she was crazy. Mentally disturbed. Mentally disturbed, again, as we talk about. Um, her motive was always financial gain. She always wanted money. Um, there were six confirmed deaths related to her. Like I said, she was only committed to one actual murder and then 200 to 400 attributed deaths, which is absolutely insane to me. Yeah. So her downfall came when she begged, uh, when she begged a corpse of an infant, um, and just, just like got rid of it and they ended up finding it in river thames um which is in southern england which i think i've actually been to which is kind of crazy because i didn't even realize that um so let's go back to to the facts that i looked up so she worked for 20 years at at a quote-unquote baby farm um, she was suspected of killing over 400 infants, which would make her among, uh, make her among history's most prolific serial killers. She was tried for murder in 1896 and convicted and hanged. Um, she would take unwanted infants, basically bring them in, take them in, and she would get paid for taking these children in. Um, she would 
make them like if they were old enough um to like do housework she would make them do yard work housework you know child labor basically and if they were infants she would just completely neglect them she wouldn't feed them at all she wouldn't give them any like I don't know I'm assuming they wore some form of cloth diaper back then she wouldn't change anything they you know these poor babies were just basically living in their own filth yeah until they died which was just completely disgusting um so she absolutely grossed me out when I looked her up she scared me I guess and like the fact that she's one of the most prolific murderers of all time and got away with it for so long until basically somebody found a dead baby in a bag and was like what is going on and then they found out that it was like her baby Mm. that she was supposed to be taken care of Mm. and then yeah so I don't have nearly uh, as much information as you had on yours, but I did do a little bit more research on just, like, um, female versus male murders as well. Mm. Barbara, you're fine. She hears dogs barking outside, and she wants to make her... Mm. Say your piece. Mm. Yeah. You tell them. I have a lot to say about women serial killers. (laughs) You tell them, baby. You tell them. There's uh, a lot of dogs barking outside, and she's making her little growl noises. You're okay. She's not even like doing anything. She's just laying here going, Yeah, as she lays here from her comfy couch, so surrounded spoiled. by blankets, snuggled in. I, I know. Um, the only thing I don't like about her is like her paws or her arms will get like stuck oh, into it. It looks yeah. nice. It looks nice. It's a cool, like, whatever. It's That's one of those piece. large, chunky, chunk knit, whatever. <laughs> Oh, she's a good girl. Okay, we need to stop paying so much attention to her. Um, So, in order to be... So, I did do additional research, so we'll just talk about that. In order to be a serial killer, the person has to commit two or more separate murders. Um, And what that means for stats over time is it's hard to pinpoint. Because how can you ever know for sure if somebody's committed two or more? Like, they could have only gotten never caught for one. Like, for example... Um, the woman that I researched, she only ever got caught for that last murder, but then they kind of realized how many children were missing of her quote unquote adopted. Like, and what I want to know, like I would actually do more research on her because how did she get to adopt 200 to 400 babies? That's like ridiculous. That's insane. Um, how are you adopting? There so many babies that people were just like, well, whatever. Yeah. We're going to take them. But like, and was she using different names or did they think that she was hosting her own orphanage? Well, or especially like, if it was all in London and Europe. Yeah. Like she was in a very, yeah, that's just weird to me. Um, so let's see here. There were 270 active serial killers that killed between 766 to 955 victims over 10 years. So I did kind of like a research of how dangerous serial killers are. Um, And it says serial murder is a relatively rare event estimated in less than 1% of all murders in any given year. Um, so each year, approximately 15,000 murders are committed annually in the U.S. And so that's only 150 victims, only 150 oh victims. <laughs> um, Don Douglas, a former chief of the FBI, told People's Magazine back in 2015 that those 150 murders might be attributed to the work of between two, uh, sorry, 225 to 50 serial killers. So right now, 
um, in the United States, there's between 25 to 50 active serial killers. I think I saw somewhere in the world as closer to 100 Mm. as of right now. Um, And it says approximately 3,000 people a year die from food poisoning. So very little people die from serial killers, which is one of the things where I was like, okay, maybe this is actually not as scary as I thought it was. Like the people are fucked up and like the people that get murdered are either the wrong people the wrong place at the wrong time um or yeah and i think that you know obviously i feel like people are more conscious to the fact now they're yeah. less trusting which is good and bad yeah I, I i would say that you know because there's been a lot of serial killers in the past that i've read about where they'll um <clears throat> i'm trying to remember the serial killer's name but there's one that Actually, there's been a couple of them that would pretend to be, like, from a utility company or something. And in the broad daylight, knock on the door and pounce on somebody. Right. So even then... I've heard of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't answer... My parents always taught me not to answer the door if I didn't know who the person was. Right. And that's why it was always interesting to me, like, especially as of recently when I was looking up, you know, these female serial killers. They're all freaking nurses. You know, they're all women who should be... Because one of the serial killers that I was reading about, she would just, like, overdose people on medication, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but it says, male serial killers are nearly six times as likely to kill a stranger, um, whereas female serial killers are almost twice as likely to kill a person they're already familiar with. So women are killing people that are already close to them or that they already know, and males are more like like way 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 more likely to go out and just kill a random person yeah so like the women have like a vendetta with people that they know or like a type of person that they know whereas males are just like wanting to kill yeah and if you think so do you know who eileen warnos is she i read her name when i was yeah yeah. so there was like a movie about her called monster Mm -hmm. and i remember seeing that way back in the day um she was also a serial killer. Yeah. And um but she she murdered seven men in Florida and she is a sex worker. She was a sex worker. Yeah. Um and I highly recommend anybody seeing Monster cuz it's a really good movie. Charlize Theron is the uh actress in it and then I believe that Christina Ricci plays her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um it's a very interesting story. Um and uh yeah, I would I would highly recommend anybody watch it. It's a really good, really good movie. I love. Um, I I actually kind of want to watch some more. I I'm really on my World War Two kick right now, but I think I want to like watch some more serial killer movies because even just doing this research is like disturbing as it was. It was also really interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, because so, it's hard to comprehend. Like, and it really is because my brain just doesn't work anything remotely like this does. Yeah. So it's just weird to think that other people's brains even work this yeah. way. It's easier, I would say, for... It, there are certain ones, like Eileen Warnos, like, even though what she did was really bad, like, there, she... There's various reasons why she did it. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things, like, that I was looking up was motive. Yeah, motives. Yeah. And, like, the difference between, like, men's motive versus women's yeah. motive. And it it's also interesting because, like, as our boyfriends love to talk about, the, the chemical science behind <laughs> <God> why... <genders. laughs> the chemical science behind why women and men act differently behind different scenarios or whatever. You know, it's interesting to read that, like, women were a lot more, like, grudge-oriented. You know, they were 
a lot more like something had happened to them that was specific, whereas men were just like born that way. You know, like it was like the research was like that men just like missed that like empathy piece, whereas like women were a lot more like revenge oriented. Like they it wasn't necessarily often that they were missing that empathy piece. It was that they were like mad about something where they had been hurt or raped or whatever it was. And they were like on a mission of revenge, whereas the men were just like lacking empathy or like their dads didn't love them. I'm thinking about how his his motive was vengeance. He said that he was... Well, yeah, he said that it was... Yeah, but yeah. And I'm not saying everybody, but right. I'm just saying, like, in general, that yeah. was, like, the big key difference. Um, and then it says, you know, here on this research that I completed, which I'm not citing my sources because I didn't write them down, um, it says perhaps the biggest contrast between the two sexes when it comes to re- repeat murders is motivation. The single biggest drive for male serial killers is sexual com- um, compulsion, That's not to say that all male serial killers are first raping their victims and then killing them, far Mm -hmm. from it. But on some level, there's generally a sexual element, even if it's just purely psychological. Sexually Um, motivated. Yes. Male male serial killers um, often feel compelled to kill. There's an urge that drives them to take their lives or take the lives of others. Basically, an innate urge drives them to kill people profile aside the identity of the victim isn't even that important they just have this like urge to kill people Mm -hmm. and it's something buried deep down inside their soul mind brain whatever yeah to kill um compare that to the female serial killers where you see the polar opposite where when a woman kills it's usually a reason behind it um, there's something where they feel that there's like justification behind their murder, um, where, whether it's, you know, killing a rapist or finding, you know, men that cheat on their wives and killing them or, you know, seducing them to cheat on their wives and then killing them or, you know, whatever it is, they're, they're finding some sort of reason that these men need to be killed, which reminds me of that, um, interview that's done of that woman and she's like completely emotionless when the guy's talking to her and he's like um so you brought him back to your house and you're she's like yeah he walked to my house he was very capable of walking I don't know why people make it sound like I forced him to come over he walked on his own two legs and then they're like and you tortured him and she goes of course like you know She's yes. just completely, but matter she, of fact, yes. And she, she basically this, I can't remember who it was, but I saw this interviews all over Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever. And she's very matter of fact. And she's very like, he had it coming. Oh, he was a snitch. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So her reasoning was that he was a snitch and that he was, you know, snitching out all these other people. So to her, it was very justified that, you know, he was murdered mm-hmm. and it's just weird that women, feel justified by these murders that they commit um and then it says the reason behind the killings may be money or convenience um or that they could benefit from a will women they're talking about um whereas you know males are basically just like there's a trigger in their brain to kill um and women are either killing for money vengeance some sort of gain so it's kind of interesting to me to like hear that 
men are almost killing aimlessly, like, without whatever. And, like, women are like, what can I gain from this murder? What can I gain when I kill this person? What benefit do I get? Like, this, even the serial killer I was talking about today. And she's literally killing all of these babies just for financial gain. Like, she doesn't care what she's doing. It's just the fact that she's getting money. Right. Um... So it says the most fundamental and obvious differences between the sexes exist. On the whole, women serial killers are far more low-key than their male counterparts. Um, Studies looking at the MO of women that kill have found that they're much more likely to kill by poisoning, drowning, or suffocating, whereas men are happier using brute force and much more violent means, such as shooting, stabbing, strangling, beating to death, raping, and then murder, etc., etc., um, a, suge- a suggested reason to this could be practically that strangling, strangling somebody or bashing their brains in um, shows a, this is disgusting, mm. shows a test of strength. Mm. That's so gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're literally like finding joy out of finding out that they're stronger than the other or person. Or he's like a god complex. So I, I think that a lot of serial killers also have that. It's like they feel like they're god. Well, that, and it's just, like, they find joy in the fact that, like, they got away. Like, it's almost like a body count. Like, you know, like, where it's, like, the the more people that you kill and you're still alive, it's just, like, you thrive well, Yeah, that. the whole thing of, like, deciding whether someone lives or dies. Oh, so disgusting. Um, a, sug- a suggested reason behind this could be practically that strangling someone or a test of strength, an area where men generally have an advantage... But from a psychological viewpoint, it could be seen as though women killers are more inclined inclined towards um, being subtle and being cunning. Often the more violent a murderer. Um, what? Often the more violent a murderer, the more evidence. Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically what this, I just had to read the sentence in the future to understand what it was saying. But it says, um, often the more violent a murderer the more evidence is created and the greater of a chance of getting caught. So women know that if they're less violent, that there's less likelihood of them getting caught. Mm. Whereas men don't really care if they get caught. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe they do, or they just don't think about it in the heat of the moment, whatever it is. But Deadly duos. Um, Serial killers generally thought of a lone wolf, but some of the most deadliest Killings were serial killing partnerships. They're not as rare as you could imagine. Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole, do you know them? Yeah. The Hillside Stranglers. Yeah. Um, they're Mick, uh, and then... There's another pair too yeah. that was, it's more modern. Yeah. I'm trying to think if it was the 90s. Um, there's, there's this too, it was an uh, Asian guy and this white guy. Sorry, that's the way I remember, but I can't remember their name. I'm just glad you said it, as yeah. long as you say it. <laughs> there's this Asian guy, though, his last name was NG, it, so I don't know how to pronounce it, but, like, mm. and they tortured, raped, murdered people on camera. So, they were a duo. Interesting. There's a lot. I could talk forever about I know you could. And that's why it was so interesting to me because for you, this is stuff that you, like, kind of already knew. Like, I'm talking about, you know, this is stuff that I'm reading and you're like, oh, yeah, like, I know those guys. And I'm just like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I've never heard of these people in my life. Yeah, back back it's not so creepy, but, like, back in the day, my bookshelf was full of serial killer books and people thought I was creepy. They'd come over and they'd be like, do you have any other books besides that aren't, like, about serial killers? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I have one about ancient Egypt. (laughs) Yeah, it's just interesting, you know, even looking at these deadly duos, it's just, this is something that, you know, 
you and I have talked about in the past and the whole sexes and different genders and the roles that they play. Um, even talking about deadly duos where there's a man and a woman um, who go on killing sprees together as a partnership, one is usually dominant and one is usually submissive. Guess who's usually dominant? <laughs> yeah. The man. Yeah. Guess who's usually submissive? <laughs> the woman. Like, oh, who could have guessed? Um, so when the killers are male, um, the man will generally be the dominant driving force behind the crimes. Or when it's a, a whatever duo, the killers are usually the males and the women will lure them in. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. But yeah, the that's women... how sex trafficking works. Yeah, if you think there's sex trafficking is really bad right now. Yeah, uh, it has been for a long time, and uh, a lot of them use women to lure other women. Yeah, into sex trafficking. Right. So, yeah, I don't yeah. trust anybody. No, I don't either. Like I've read enough ser- about serial killers <laughs> that I'm like I don't trust anybody. Yeah, but I'm not rude about it either. Like I will trust. Although I sent a meme, I don't know about the other day, but it was like if a woman was like, do you want to come to my car and look at these puppies? I'd be like, oh yeah, I want to fucking look at these puppies. <laughs> Where if I a man were to say that, you'd be like, fuck no, you yeah, weirdo. You weirdo. But I would be a little tempted if because I want to see a puppy. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be that hard to kill Amy is basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Show me some puppies. Show me some puppies. Or kitties. I like kitties too. Uh, and of course, normally deadly duos that are um, male and female are usually couples. Yeah. So... There was a couple that, cause see, this is like I, this is all in the back of my mind. I don't remember their names, but there was a guy and a woman. They were a couple, and the girl actually allowed her boyfriend to rape and murder her sister. Oh, gross! Her younger sister. That's um, disgusting. Because she was a virgin, and to take her virginity and murder her. I want to look that up. Yeah, look that up. Because That's disgusting. I don't remember their name, but it was horrible. And I read it, and I'm like. It's, and, you know, in the past, we've talked about, like, anxiety and stuff like that and how a lot of it is evolutionary and, it, you know, it comes based on, you know, the typical fight or flight. Um, so m- there's the possibility that murderers are created based on that same evolutionary basis. Yeah. So, you know, there's a theory that suggests that evolution could be behind all of it. And um, there's been, you know, different research research that's been done um to basically look at the gender specific roles throughout history between um men and women and Mm -hmm. essentially the fact is that tens of thousands of years of generals have been imprinted into our brains and it comes down to men were traditionally hunters Mm -hmm. and women were uh what oh a hair women were typically gatherers and you know with that being said men seem to have scientifically this hunterer thing kind of ingrained into the brain um which is why men are more prone prone or subject to join the military and why they're more subject to be serial killers and murderers and rapists and everything that's whatever is because they're they're the the breed that for so long has been sent out to do the killing like literally since the beginning of time they've been the one that's supposed to go out do the killing blah 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 and so it's how they feel power and how they feel all this yeah so i found the story oh let's hear it 
Tammy Lynn Homolka. She was the one that died. She lived from... Something in your tone of voice just made Burberry. I saw she... <laughs> 1975. So she was born in 1975. Um, and she died in 1990. Uh-huh. So she was the younger sister of uh, one of the victims of the Canadian murderer, Carla Homolka. So Carla was her older sister. Uh-huh. And her partner was Paul Bernardo. And on December 24th of 1990, less than two weeks before Tammy's 16th birthday. So this poor... 15-year-old girl. Oh, my gosh. So, Carla Homolka and her fiancé, Bernardo, plied Tammy with alcoholic drinks uh, laced with a sedative called Halcyon. H-A-L-C-I-O-N. Never heard of it. Uh, When she became unconscious, the two raped her. The both raped her? So, she raped her sister, too. Her own sister. Wow. younger sister. Um, And then Tammy became sick while sedated and died. So, after failed attempts to revive her, Carla covered up evidence of the assault and called an ambulance. Her official cause of death was listed as a choking uh, death, um, choking on her own vomit. Yeah. Um, and it was Wouldn't that be that suffocation? Was, uh, well, you're, mm, I don't know. No? Ch- choking on your vomit? I don't know. And I she, thought, like, suffocation is, like, when you can't breathe. You're being suffocated by something. I is mean, that? Okay, maybe my thoughts are backwards. She's choking on her own vomit so i'd say oh gosh even thinking of that grosses me out okay and she um so believed at the time to have been an accident but after paul and carla were arrested murders of leslie uh, mahaffey and Kristen french uh tammy homolka's body was exhumed so then re-examined yeah yeah and uh found to that was the cause of the death because they Raped, wow. raped her and caused the death by sedating her with the drug. So, and that's horrible. It's, it's horrible. Terrible. That your own sister you can't even trust your own older sister. You know, so yeah, like that's horrible. No, that is horrible. There's so much about it that's just interesting to me, and I feel like you know we could probably go on for Ever. hours. Yeah, I, I mean, especially now that I've done like the research, my brain is just like. Go, go, go. Find out more. Learn more. So if you guys want another episode of these. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about more murders in the future. This will be a fun topic. But it was interesting. I mean, for me, at least, being somebody who's, like, new to researching murders and, you know, serial killers and stuff like that, it was interesting to me to hear how much research and scientific research has been done on it Mm -hmm. and to find that, like, you know, like, because when we first talked about it in the last episode, I was like, oh, I'm going to find a female serial killer, blah, blah, blah. It was really hard. It was actually really hard to find a female serial killer because there's hardly any. And so then I started wanting to do research as to why. Mm -hmm. And then finding out that, like, I think it's like 99% of serial killers or some some super high number are men. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, well, why are they men? You know, my brain just kind of, like, goes down this hole. Yeah. Trying to figure out more a information. Hole. A rabbit hole. That's, that's what I, you know, when you go through the YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. Or the Google rabbit hole. Like, you just start the, You go through the serial day. killer. Yeah, and then you just keep going. And yeah. maybe that's how my, you know, my fascination with it went. Because it first started, I don't even remember, because it was so long ago. Yeah. When I first, like, I was little. And I just remember thinking it was weird. And being like, it's so macabre. And like. Because I was, like, scared weird. as a child of, like, NCIS. Like, I was scared of, like criminal shows they they gave me nightmares yeah so it was like weird for me i had a weird fascination with it i'd be scared but at the same time it never stopped me because i was just like i'm so scared i want to keep going yeah <laughs> but it's almost like interesting to learn about like just the different tactics and stuff and then you're like okay well now i know what not to do yes yeah there was craigslist killers there's like like 
and in don't our, trust anybody. Yeah, in our brains, we're like, how could you be so stupid to fall for blank? Time. But, but like, you don't know. And I mean, as humans, you don't. We generally don't know until there's an example to be right. let off. Of. I mean, think about that was her own older sister that she's yeah. supposed to trust yeah. that murdered her. Yeah, like raped her. Yeah, like it's crazy to me. And and the more you learn about it, it's just like. You know, you feel so bad, these people. Like, yeah. It's just like, they're murdered by people that they should have trusted. Right. Or, you know, murder. some people are murdered in broad daylight. Seriously. Or, or kidnapped in yeah. broad daylight. Well, and, and to bring it back to the beginning of the episode, like we were talking about, like with World War Two and stuff like that, and, you know, killing people and blah, blah, blah. Some of the biggest, like, I don't even know what to call it. Some of the biggest, like, losses in American history during World War Two were during the daylight because Japan would attack in the middle of the day when you're the most unsuspecting. Because mm-hmm. at night, you're kind of trained to be on guard and to be listening and to be looking. Yeah. And when you're, you let your guard down at night, then all of a sudden there's the chance, the chances are significantly higher. But when you catch somebody off guard in the middle of the day, game over. Yeah. All your guards are down. Right. Open to it all. And then a lot of these serial killers, too, they will um, follow their victims. Oh. Learn their days. Have you ever seen You? I have. I watched the first episode and I didn't go further. Than you that. should watch it. I've heard it's really good. It's really good. I, I need to go back and rewatch it from the beginning. Um, but the hard thing is, is that I don't have a lot of time. And I mean, like, I do at night after we get off work, but... Mm-hmm. My body's just so tired. After work, I just want to do something brainless. Yeah. Usually, I'm, like, playing a video game or I'm watching TV or something. And the TV that I choose, like I've mentioned to you, it's, like, friends. It's, like, stuff that I don't have to, like, think about while I'm watching it. Oh, I do both. So, I watch anime with subtitles. So, I always watch it in Japanese. Yeah. Or I watch something that I've watched a million times. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't need to pay attention to it. Right. I'll be on my phone and have the TV. Yeah. It's it's just more brainless, like, thoughtless activities, whereas, like, if I were to watch you, I'm going to be involved in it. Yeah. Like, you is more of, like, a Saturday binge or a Sunday binge where you sit there and you watch, like, seven, eight episodes of you back to back to back yeah. to back. And you're easy, it's easier to follow along with, like, the plot of it as well. But it's really good. I think you'd like it, especially if you're, like, this into serial killers and stalking and, and that type of stuff. You'd probably be really interested in it. And, of course, the guy... For me, it's hard because the main character from you is in Gossip Girl. Oh. And I watched Gossip Girl, like, beginning to end. So, to see him in another role, I'm just like, get back into the show you belong. Was he a nice guy in Gossip Girl? No, he was Gossip Girl. He was, like... I think at the end, they ended up making him, like, the guy that was the Gossip Girl. And Gossip Girl, it's... Have you ever seen... Uh, <laughs> I have no... I not not Gossip Girl. Hold on. Have you ever know. seen Pretty Little Liars or anything about no, it or heard anything? Nothing. Okay. Also with that, there's a, a person, a mysterious person whose name is A. And in the end, A ends up being like some stupid person. Where basically <laughs> they string you along for the whole series of... Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. They string you along for the whole series to basically get you to figure out who the character is that plays blank and so the beginning of gossip girl they it's basically like imagining 
a tweet that gets tweeted by an anonymous person. And at the very end of the series, you find out that that anonymous person is blank. And the same thing with Pretty Little Liars. So it's like the show that strings you out. But whereas you, you get to actually like watch the person that you know is doing all of this dirty work. And like you get to see the inner workings of his brain and why he's thinking about um, or how he's thinking about, you know, this girl's day and how he sneaks her phone and her That's, computer. It's no, it's creepy. It's, mm. You'd like it. Yeah. Because I'm creepy. Because <laughs> you're creepy. Well. We're going to have to figure out next week's, or not next week's, but next. Next episode. Next episode, yeah. Um, I think we should do a poll. I think we should do. Okay. We should do a couple of different. Options. Different options. Put it up and leave it to the listeners. Yeah. See what they want us to talk about. Again, thank you to the listeners that we have. It's been awesome getting the feedback and hearing that people are enjoying the episodes that we're doing. I hope this one was as interesting for you to listen to as it was for us to do the research on and talk about because I found a lot of joy. Yeah, I don't know that's the right. I found a lot of joy in learning about serial killers. <laughs> I learned. I learned a lot. I like reading. I've always been the kind of person that loves doing research, so it was interesting to yeah. me. And there's so much out there, by the way. Um, the stuff that I was reading, um, I got my information from. You know, you can Google it, obviously. But, yeah. But um, there is a um, a Criminal Minds wiki. Uh, so if you Google Criminal Minds wiki. Uh, that's where I got most of my information about Panthrime, and I like their, their, um, layout. It has, um, all the really good information in there, yeah. and it's And the hyperlinks, the hyperlinks of, like, the places and the people yes. that they talk about, that, that's what took me down a rabbit hole, was, like, seeing the yes. places that they talked about, and then you want to learn more about that place, and then you click on it, and then that hyperlink tells you about the place, and then you go back, and you learn, yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, maybe one of our episodes, too, will be... About historical places, we might oh might be a fun one to fuck do. Fuck yeah, that'd be so. You cool. know, we'll find some old like just what we were talking about the Minnesota yeah. Institute or whatever. Maybe we can each pick like a different building or something that's old and all the and history. talk about the history, the of the history building. about the entire place. Literally, you're gonna make me come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy, huh? You, you know what I like. <laughs> I think that would be a good one because we yeah. can each pick a building because there's a lot of buildings in the United States. Though, I grew up, you know, most kids grew up learning, like, watching Nickelodeon or, yeah. like, cartoon, dis- whatever. I grew up watching Discovery and the History Channel. And History Channel. Yes. Until it became the Hitler Channel. Everybody memes about that because, yeah. like, the History Channel will be, like, the History Channel is obsessed with Hitler. Yeah. It'll all be about Hitler. Yeah. And then Ancient Aliens, which is fucking stupid. I, like, no offense. But you know, my favorite thing, and when you just mentioned that, you just unlocked a memory was one time my mom came home. So my mom and I have lived with each other numerous times by choice. And there was a time we were living in a townhouse in Burnsville. And it was the same kind of situation where it's now. Where, um, But at the time, I didn't own the house. We rented it. And she would live in the upstairs. I lived in the downstairs. But the living room with the TV was upstairs. So I was upstairs. She came home from school She because she's a teacher. She comes upstairs. I had one of those giant-ass bottles of wine empty by the side of the couch (laughs) 
and I was watching Ancient Aliens. Oh, and my mom comes in, and she's literally, like, lecturing me, not on the fact that I finished an entire giant bottle of wine by myself, but on, like, the, the facts and the statistics of Ancient Aliens that I was watching, because it was talking about, like, Mayan and Aztec, blah, blah, Stupid. blah. Yeah. Well, my mom's a Good Spanish. Mom. Yeah, she's a Spanish <laughs> teacher, so she's, like, going in on me about, like, the differences. She's like, well, that's not true, because the Mayans, blah, 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 blah. And I was just, like, I was more intrigued than I've ever been in my entire life, sitting there on the edge of the couch, like, cross-legged, looking at, looking at my mom, like, tell me more, tell me everything, <laughs> and I was so intrigued so about, sweet. but ancient aliens, like, that's what I was watching when ancient she came aliens in. aliens is full of fucking, like, frauds, like, they're all fucking stupid. But it's so funny. It is fun, I have watched it, and I couldn't watch the whole thing. Oh, but I watched, Giorgio I watched, like, Sucolos. three hours oh, of it God. before she got home. Giorgio Sucolos, oh my God, okay, maybe we should keep this for another episode, I can go on about Giorgio, <laughs> he's fucking stupid okay and he thinks he he's such an expert even though like he got his degree in sports journalism okay? from phoenix university yeah from, and then he got his ancient like astronautic like degree or whatever and it's something that's made up by him and other people they made their own the school, school i was gonna say and his gave own, their school. own degree i'm like i wish i could do that i'm gonna make my own school and give myself a master's in whatever like making <laughs> and, money and insurance no making money i'd be like i'm gonna give myself a master's in being wealthy so funny and then everybody will have to start hiring me because like i'm really good at making money apparently to myself to yourself to myself yeah you're, <laughs> you're an expert to yourself yeah to myself well we will figure out what we're going to do next episode based on a poll we'll figure out what what our top two options are we'll post it on both of our instagrams and then we'll figure out like what you guys want to hear from us um again a million thanks to our listeners honestly you know we do this for fun and mm-hmm. it's nothing that we take very seriously but it's a creative outlet you know yeah. like some people it's like fun. painting we like recording talking. podcasts and talking <laughs> we and hearing talking. we like hearing our own voices <laughs> i mean i don't i don't, <laughs> I don't like i mean voice. we don't like listening back to no. our own voices, but... But we like talking. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us. Um, what's thanks, the name guys. of our podcast? Deviant and Thriving. Deviant and Thriving. We are deviant. We are thriving. She's literally drinking her and I'm drinking espresso the martini. Espresso. And we'll check in with you next time. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.